What's going on? It's Howie from Ballyhoo. Tales from the Green Room Podcast, episode number 25. Number 25. That's amazing. Uh, so uh, first off, um, I want to thank my supporters, uh, the sponsors of the show. It's you. It's you. Um, thank you so much to everybody that's um, been supporting the podcast. Uh, if you're interested, you can go to the talesfromthegreenroom.com and uh, hit the support the podcast button and pick uh, a, a tier. It's a monthly subscription, basically, to my podcast. Uh, $0.99, cents, $4.99, or $9.99. Uh, pick whichever one you want. You can cancel any time. Uh, no hard feelings. I will not be hurt. I will not be hurt by that if you cancel. But thank you very much to everybody that's been supporting so far. Um, it really makes a difference. I can keep making these things more frequently and uh, hopefully upping the quality as we go over time. And uh, we've made it to episode 25, so that says something. So thank you very much. Um, at the very least, thank you for listening. That's all I really want. Um, uh, first, real quick, Bally, who has some shows this weekend, September 6th. Uh, that's tomorrow, Thursday. Uh, we're going to be in New Bedford at the Greasy Luck Brew Pub with Bumpin' Uglies. And then uh, Friday, we're going to be in Portland, Maine. It's been a minute, Portland. Super stoked on that. Um, going to be at the Port City Music Hall, also with Bumpin' Uglies. Uh, we just love those guys so much. Um, and then on uh, Saturday, Garden Grove Festival in Southwick. South, Southwick. I cannot say Southwick. I can't say it. I can't fucking say it. Southwick, Massachusetts. Um, with Badfish. It's their big party. In Mass. Um, so uh, come come to that. It was fun last year. We had a good time. Uh, a lot of people showed up. I think there's going to be a lot more people. It's just going to be a fun, fun, fun event. So... Don't miss it. Uh, Bump and Uglies are doing that. Roots of Creation, um, Of Good Nature. There's a bunch of bands. P-Funk North, um, some homies from Jersey. Grab tickets for all these shows at ballyhooRocks.com slash tour. And hope to see you there. Today we're going to talk about another song from the record. Uh, we're going to continue the track-by-track series from Detonate. Uh, yesterday on the gram... In the book, I put I asked uh, what two songs uh, we should feature this week, and between both, it seemed like "Gas Station Burrito" and "Stop Ruining My Life" were the two. So I posted "Gas Station Burrito" yesterday. Uh, I will post "Stop Ruining My Life" tomorrow, Thursday, um, and today I am doing the episode for "Gas Station Burrito." So let's talk about it. Gas Station Burrito. Uh, I've I've heard some uh, some great comments about the name, the title of the song. Uh, yes, one of my favorite song titles. Um, <laughs> it has meaning though; it really does. It's not just some silly ass thing. Um, it kind of comes from uh, being on the road, being on the road for a long time. It's been over a decade now, like twelve, yeah, twelve and a half years almost that we've been on the road, um, and. I think every touring band can relate to this is you're in a van with a bunch of dudes or chicks or whatever your band is. And, uh, you're just out and you're, you're living this 
this lifestyle. You're on the grind, um, and you're sleeping on floors, and uh, you're eating shit food, and gas station burritos are a thing. You can go to some gas stations or truck stops and hit the fridge there, and they've got burritos. And sometimes, hey, sometimes they might be okay, you know? It's not ideal, but when there's no uh, Chipotle or Taco Cabana or some rad, rad Mexican place in San Diego, you know, it's like when you're in Iowa and you want a burrito, what do you do? You go to the gas station. Um, no, it's, uh, it, they're pretty awful. And sometimes you, it, it's all you have and you just have to, you have to do it. Um, it's kind of a, it's symbolism for just the lifestyle, I guess. Um, you know, it's, I've definitely eaten gas station burrito before. It's, they're, they're terrible. Um, but when you're hungry, you know, you're hungry. Uh, so the song is about, uh, you guessed it, it's about living on the road and, and having that lifestyle. Um, so right from the get, it's like, it's this ska punk, it's very aggressive. The vocals um, are some of the more uh, in-your-face, kind of snotty kind of uh, vocals I've done in a long time. Um, it's uh, so you got <clears throat> stranded on a stranded on a desert road in America, waiting for a tow truck to come and pick us up. Pedal to the metal, we got a fucking show. I guess we should have stopped for gas ten fucking miles ago. Uh, years ago, back probably like oh nine, I don't know oh eight oh nine. We were driving through the desert in uh, Arizona, and we were on our way. I think we had the day off, so we weren't late for a show. Um, but we've been late for a show plenty of times. I kind of combined stories here to get the lyrics I wanted, but to tell the story, but like, uh, um, yeah, we were driving and we were low on gas. I was driving, we were low on gas and I didn't stop for gas. And sure enough, probably maybe 10 miles. Yeah. We just, we just ran out of gas in the fucking desert side of the road. It took like two hours. We got a tow truck. You know, one of the guys in the band had AAA, <laughs> so that helped. Um, and uh, yeah, it sucked. It was like one of those bonehead moves. You know, it's like, why didn't I just fucking stop? You know, but I guess I didn't realize that how few and far between the gas stations were or something. I mean, we'd already been on tour a couple of years at that point, so I guess I should have known, but. I don't know. You start feeling confident, I guess. <laughs> Maybe that was that the uh, the man in me. That was the uh, that stereotype about how dudes don't get directions, don't stop for directions, they don't stop for gas. Like we're, we're gonna, we can make it. We can make it. We're fine. No, sh- shut up, Mary. We're fine. We're fine. You know. Um. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not like that. So, yeah, we ran out of gas and it got the tow truck and, you know, one of many stories, many like horror stories from the road. Um, and I tried to include a few just to kind of get the point across. Um, the song is gritty and it kind of goes from this. Uh, the, the song's kind of cynical. It has this uh, or very cynical, I guess. The chorus. Um, well, first, OK, we'll get to the chorus. 
second half of the verse, um, I had a vision. I was at a reggae festival, main stage, 10,000 people screaming, whoa. I never thought that we'd encounter so... I never thought we'd encounter such adversity. The road is unforgiving, things the masses never see. So it's like, you know, you as the listener, the showgoer, uh, you you buy your tickets on Ticketfly or whatever, maybe BallyRocks.com. Maybe you go there and buy tickets, which you probably should do that to come see us play sometime. Um, but, you know, you buy your tickets, you're, you're looking, you mark it on the calendar, you're, you tell your, your chick or your dude, you're like, all right, we're going to the show. You get a babysitter if you got kids. We have a lot of, uh, a lot of people in their late 20s, early to mid 30s that, you know, they have kids, so they need babysitters. Um, and, uh, you know, you make a night out of it and you go, maybe go get some drinks and it's fun and maybe some dinner, light dinner, whatever. Um, some of you get fucking trashed before you get there, which is always awesome. Um, some of you get thrown out. That's great, too. I love the enthusiasm is what I'm saying. Um, and, you know, you go to the show and you, you and there we are. Here, here, there's the guys. There's the guys, everybody. There they are. I saw them on uh, on Instagram today, and they're here now. They were in St. Louis last night, but here they are in San Diego tonight. <laughs> they're just here, right? So, but a lot of you, and this isn't your fault. I'm not. I'm not shitting on on any of you. This is like just kind of how it is, you know. Um, it's sort of like a. Uh, what 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 am common sense here? What what is what am I saying here? The fucking uh, out of sight, out of mind. That's kind kind of sorta. God, why did it take me forever to figure that out? I had to pause. I had to pause the fucking recording and sit there for five minutes and think about this. What is this? Is why I write songs like ADHD because I can't focus. I can't remember shit. <laughs> the simplest shit. Those sayings that you've heard your entire life. I can't even think of them. So, yeah, it's kind of like an out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. It's like you just, the band's just there. So people don't necessarily think about what happens between shows, you know, How, what bands go through to get to the next city. Um, and I thought I would share that a little bit. And so there's some cynicism. Um, there's a little bit of aggression. There's a little bit of uh, anger in the, in the, the way that I sang the song, um, the way the, the lyrics are written, you know, and it's not anger towards, you know, the people that are paying to see us. That is the reason why we do this. It's like, we can't do this without you coming to see us. You know what I mean? So we appreciate it. Um, I just kind of want to explain sort of what happens uh, in the background. So, um, so yeah, I had a vision. I was at a, at a reggae festival. So like, yeah, like Cali Roots and like these other like big festivals, like One Love and these things that we're doing, um, you know, the, these, I, I just, I've always had this idea of like going on stage in front of thousands of people and being, you know, adored and loved, you know, and people just going apeshit to our, to our songs while we play. And we played those festivals and they're fucking great. But, uh, you know, it's like, I still, we haven't hit those slots that I want to hit yet. I want to do that nighttime, you know, that later slot at Cali Roots on the main stage with all the lights and the, and the, the um, the video wall and, you know, just the crazy, you know, we'll, we will get there. We will definitely get there. Um, 
But that's sort of what it is. You have this vision of what you want to do, and you go out there and put yourself on the path to make it happen. You know, you just line it up, and you work really hard, and you hope that one day the stars align and you'll be there. You know, and with that vision. So, so we set set out on the road to go make that happen years ago. Um, and it says, I never thought we'd encounter such adversity. Uh, yeah, I mean, there are so many things working against, working against you um, when you're doing something like this, when you're on, when you're on the road less traveled, um, which is like <clears throat> any sort of like artistry or creative outlet or something that, that isn't, you know, working at a re- you know working at a restaurant, bartending, or working at Best Buy, or going to be a government worker. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of those things. Um, <clears throat> it's just not for me. You know, I did all that stuff. I did. I worked at warehouses, um, humping fucking boxes all day long, getting dirty. You know, pulling ten hour days, doing that. You know, um, sometimes I there was a point where I was working three jobs. I was doing that early in the morning, going to work at the restaurant um, late, you know, late morning, and then getting off and going to deliver pizzas, you know, until 10 or 11 at night or whatever. It's like, shit's crazy, you know? Um, and I realized that I do not want to do that shit. So I, we doubled down and we went out on the road. Um, so <clears throat> pre-chorus hits. A tire blowout on the 10, uh, I-10, you know, going across the country here. Uh, hear the screams of full-grown men thinking this might be the end. That is no bullshit. That is, that is fucking real. So uh, I don't remember the first time this happened, but one, it's, yeah, it's happened a couple times. Um, I remember back in 2014, we were heading to... 311 day in New Orleans, we were going to play the pre-party the night before, 310. And uh, on the way there, we, uh, we wanted to get there a day early because um, Iration was playing. We were like, oh, let's go hang out with Iration, go see the show. They played at the House of Blues there. <clears throat> and um, so we're driving, pull like 12 hours, just, just drive down there. Why not? We had off. And sometime in the afternoon, I'm, this always shit always happens when I'm driving. Maybe it's me. I don't know. But uh, I think I also saved our lives that day. So I will credit myself that. I'm patting myself on the back right now. Um, so we uh, were driving and I was sort of like, I wasn't in the f- far left lane. I was like in the one, it was like a four lane highway, I believe. I was like the third one. And, you know, you're doing like 70 miles an hour. And you got this heavy-ass trailer behind you. And there's, you know, six other people in the van with me. And when you're driving on the road, you're sort of in, well, you're definitely in charge of, like, these dudes' lives. You know, everybody's, you know, you got you to gotta drive safe. And <clears throat> we try to do that. I used to drive like a fucking maniac. Um. But I'm just, we're coasting, we're doing 70. Suddenly, it sounds like a fucking cannon goes off, right? Boom! 
And within seconds, I mean, we're... Okay, so explosion happens. Everyone wakes the fuck up. There's no time. The, the van starts swerving, right? And we're over here in this left lane. The van just, like, the, the, the wheel just cuts over. And we kind of go, like, get over. We're in another lane by now. Like, and the whole thing about this was, like, as soon as it happened, you just go into, like, survival mode. And, like, I let off the gas. The thing, the wheel cuts to the right or left. I don't remember. I grab the wheel. And this is why you always want to have two hands on the wheel as much as possible. Um, grab the wheel. And so, rather than try to jerk it back, to the left or the opposite direction, you sort of have to go with it and then start pulling it back gradually. And when I say gradually, this is fast as fuck. It's all happening so fast. But like, you, I don't know, you just sort of like compensate, 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 you know, and you, you sort of, just to sort of write your trajectory. And within seconds, we were on the right side of the road. We were in the, in the shoulder. Luckily, there were no cars in the immediate area. Like we were, it was a pretty light traffic day and we were just moving. Had there been cars next to us, you know, like on some busy time, at some busy time, we, I don't know what would have happened, man. We might've slammed into someone. We could have killed somebody. We could have killed ourselves. Could have rolled the fucking van. You know, there are all these things that go through your mind. So, explosion happens. We're all over the fucking road. Everyone's screaming. Everyone's screaming. You're asshole titans. That is, that's the defense mechanism. That's what your body does in situations like that. Your asshole gets really tight. And you feel like you're going to shit out everything in your body. Um, it is the worst feeling. And... It's happened several times. It's fucking scary. Um, you know, it's... So 10 minutes after, the adrenaline is just pumping. You know, it. you're still like... I remember walking around like... Ah, like just getting it out because it was just... Everybody's all like going crazy inside. And like you can see it. Everyone's like just shaking. And just it's It's fucking scary, man. Um, so the next line is, uh, uh, there, these are just a few of our not so favorite things, but it's all worth it when the crowd comes through and sings. So in spite of all of that, you know, running out of gas, you know, sleeping on fucking floors, um, you know, whatever, eating shit food, spending hours and hours on the road, just it's so monotonous and crazy. Um, but it makes it all worth it for that hour and a half, you know. When you make it there alive. It feels like, you know, well, we've already won. You know, we're here. <laughs> we made it. Um, so, you know, it's just one of the things that you have to deal with when you're in a touring band. Um, and it's scary. Um, so the next part of the the next part of the uh, the song is we go into the chorus. That was the pre-chorus there I just talked about. Um, 
the uh, the chorus is is very simple. It's kind of this pop punk. Very Green Day. I'll, I'll give you that. I will definitely give you that. I, I'm not afraid to uh, to say that, you know, who our influences are, and I will sometimes let it reflect in the music. Um, when did we fall off? Now they're tearing our posters off the wall. Might be time to cut our losses now. Maybe we should just give it up. And that's how I was feeling. I wrote the song uh, about two years ago. We were on tour with Common Kings, and we were in Santa Cruz. We had a day off the day before the show. We were going to play The Catalyst. And um, all the guys went out, and I stayed behind in the hotel. I, that's what I usually do. I usually stay in the hotel and write or whatever. Um, so I set up my little, little. I got my laptop and my little interface and um, brought my guitar in and my vo- little vocal mic that I travel with and uh, wrote the song about being on the road. And... At that point, I was feeling like... I remember being on tour with Common Kings, who were all fucking awesome dudes. Um, they're just... They're all family, and they, they just... They take care of their the bands on the road with them. They're just fun to hang out with. Just good good guys. Um, but I felt like we weren't really connecting with their fans. Uh, our music is heavier, and um, they're, they're like, a, like pop reggae, and like Junior's voice is just fucking amazing. Um, and they put on a really sick show. They have such a great show. I just felt like we weren't really connecting with their crowd. It didn't seem like um, their fans were really digging us that much and um, just wasn't really feeling myself at that point. And it felt like, all right, what are we doing here? Are we just spinning our wheels? Are we wasting time? Could I be at home with my family right now? And, you know, what what is the point? I get all existential why am I here? What am I doing? Right. Um, and so, yeah, it was like, when did we fall off? Now they're tearing our posters off the wall. Like, um, I've seen, I've been to venues where there's, our posters are written on or scrawled on like doodles and people draw dicks on them and shit. And, uh, you know, and they're, I've seen them ripped or like, you know, whatever. And so it's those sort of things just sort of pile up after a while. And, uh, I felt like, when did we fall off? You know, does, are, people just are, do people not care about us anymore, you know? Um, maybe we should just give it up, cut our losses. And, uh, you know, I'll go try to sell vacuum cleaners or something. No, I am not a good salesman. I would never, ever fucking do something like that. No retail for this guy. Uh-uh. Um, so, uh, okay, so, and the, the chorus is really fun. And Okay, so the, the second verse. Have you ever fell asleep next to a litter box three times in two weeks? You know, that fucking sucks. Well, that's happened. That's very true. That's a very true statement. Um, so we were on this tour. I think the B Foundation was on tour with us. Great band. You got to go check them out. They're from L.A. Um, and... Uh, I woke up next to a litter box in a, in a house that we stayed in back before we were getting hotels and stuff. And the, the room smelled awful. I, I'm sure I was drunk when I went in the room that night to go to sleep, woke up the next morning, smelled awful. There was cat shit in the, 
litter box next to me. Uh, Scott, our keyboard player, um, woke up, I believe, twice on that run. Uh, both times sleeping right next to a litter box. Like his head, he, he opened his eyes and he looked to the left and there it is, boom. The litter box touching his nose. <laughs> and the cat was, I think there were one of the times a cat was actually pooping uh, as he woke up. Like there was a cat pooping next to him. Cat was going to the bathroom. Um, you know, and it's just like, fucking hilarious now right it's probably hilarious then too but it's just looking back i'm like god damn i'm so glad that we're not doing that anymore we stopped staying at people's houses um we've met so many great people on the road uh and it's i I, the, the hospitality is amazing you wouldn't believe it um with all this crazy shit going on in the world all the time uh it's when you come across something like that, it's like, man, there's still good people. People that we didn't even know just inviting, hey, you guys can come stay at my house if you want. It, you know, making food for us. And I don't know, it's just, it's great. Uh, but we stayed at enough um, places that were like, you know, <clears throat> sketchy, I guess is the word, that it got to a point where like, all right, you know, kind of getting over this. <laughs> Um, but thank you to all those people, all those years that, that provided for us. It was, it was, uh, I don't know. It was really neat. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, I once woke up on an Atlanta floor. There was a baby, a fucking baby judging me behind his cradled bars. Uh, that's true too. That's a true story. Staying at my friend's house and, uh, <laughs> You know, this is back. We used to drink a lot back in the day. Um, I remember being being drunk. He's like, "Yeah, there you go." And I just slept on this floor in this bedroom. Woke up the next morning, <clears throat> like seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning, and uh, I was hungover. I look over, and there's a crib. It's like, oh, and then I look more, and there's there's a baby in there, and he's sitting up, and he's got his hands around the bars, and his face is pressed up against the bars. And he's just staring at me. And I just felt like he was just looking into my soul like, you are a piece of shit. <laughs> like, what are you doing with your life? You need to get up. You need to take some ibuprofen. You need to drink like 11 waters and go home to your family. <laughs> That's what I felt. That is how I felt inside. Um, this kid was adorable, and I felt bad for coming in there and just stinking up his room. You know what I mean? It's probably seething, you know, alcohol from my pores. You know. Um, so uh, yeah, I thought that'd be funny to include that line. Uh, yeah. Then the pre-chorus: drinking whiskey every night, so hard waking up on time. Traffic on the four hundred five can suck my fuck. So I'll tell you about that line. Um, Drinking whiskey, yeah, everybody knows that. It's Ballyhoo lore. Um, waking up on time is hard. Yes, I mean, we all know that. You know that. Especially when you have to get up. You know, you're in bed at like 2, 3, 4 in the morning because you had to 
the show ran late and then you're drunk and then you get you get to a hotel finally it's three four in the morning and then you got to get up at seven or eight you know just a few hours later to go drive you know eight more hours or whatever to the next town uh and then the traffic on the 405 i remember one of the first times we went to la back in 06 and just seeing how horrendous the traffic was it's like you don't believe it until you're there and like i remember taking like uh it was an hour and a half to go like a mile and a half or something stupid. Like we were late to, for the show. Um, and just thinking how shitty that LA traffic was. Um, and, and I thought it would be just silly and juvenile to say, suck my fuck. So, and it is silly and juvenile. And I know that. And, uh, you know, I'm not, it's in there. It's not edited. It's, it's in there. So have fun singing that around your kids. You're welcome. Um, so yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like the, the vibe really comes across in this one. Um, kind of explaining sort of what goes on between, um, the shows and, maybe give you a little bit more insight into how these, how it works, you know? Uh, and on the flip side, reassuring you that we appreciate you all for listening to this band and giving us all the love and support that we've had over these years. Like I said, in the beginning, we, you know, all the, we go through a lot to, to get there, to, to make the show happen, but we're there because of you to begin with. You know, we would not be here without you. You all sustain us. You are the lifeblood. Um, any artist that that denies that or doesn't recognize that can fuck off. You know, they've lost. They've lost, and it it really is you, the the listener, the fan. I really I don't like saying fan, but I guess. It is, it is what it is. You know, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's just, I'm just so appreciative. I can't even, I'm, I'm grateful to have anybody. I have friends, bands that have broken up and over the years because no one was coming to the shows and just nothing was happening. And I'm like, well, why are they coming to our shows? You know, like, what is the difference? I'm, I'm just glad. I'm just glad that you're, you're here. So, um, on the production side of things, uh, it was very easy to record. It was the song is pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of uh, crazy shit going on. Um, <clears throat> it's like this kind of it's this kind of aggressive ska core thing, um, and uh, there's only there's a little bit of layering in the in the pre-choruses. Like just I found some cool like uh, synth sounds or whatever, but nothing overbearing. It's just kind of a neat layer that adds to it. I think. Um, there's a part on the on the last pre-chorus going into the last chorus. Um, I wanted something like uh, the part that says uh, it's all worth it when the crowd comes through and we hear them sing. Um, I wanted something on the last pre-chorus to really like ramp up for the for the end. And so I had um, all the guys we all went out to. We recorded my friend's house actually in Florida. Um, my buddy Mike. 
And we set up a mic in the living room of his house, and we all stood in like a semicircle, uh, probably about six feet back. And just, we all screamed, fuck yeah, about five or six times. We wanted this big gang vocal. Fuck yeah. So like, <laughs> I hope to hear all of you guys singing that with us uh, when we play, because I think we're going to play it on the on the fall tour. I'm excited to play it, actually. Um, the, uh, the There's a guitar solo in it that uh, I don't really like doing guitar solos um, unless it's something melodic and sort of serves the the song in that way. I, I, I approach guitar solos like I do vocals. Like I just want them to be another, another melody on top. Um, I'm not much of a shredder. I get a little shreddy sometimes, but I'm, I don't, I don't really shred at all. I'm not, not that great of a lead guitar player, but um, play the fuck out of rhythm and I know melody. So it's all about staying in your lane, folks. <laughs> uh, so I use that and um, this one is complete opposite of what I just told you uh, I I found this cool uh, I use a Kemper my guitar amp is a Kemper if you don't know what a Kemper is look it up a lot of bands using using them these days they're amazing um, any amp sound you want and it's compact you can take it on a plane but that's for another podcast um, so I uh, found this really cool like harmonizer and I kind of went through and kind of dialed in this cool uh, harmonizer. So when you play one note, um, the 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 pro- it, the sound is processed, and you get this harmonized note with it. And you can kind of add notes. There's, you can have like four or five, you know, notes if you want um, to make this really crazy sound just with one string, one note on the guitar. And so I decided to fuck around and do this sort of like dueling guitar, like. Iron Maiden kind of thing. And uh, I don't know, it turned out really cool. It's just the one thing that we wanted to do was um, we we did go back to basics. We kept it simple, but we wanted to uh, push ourselves in certain areas as well. And I thought this is the perfect point right here. This is the perfect spot to try something new, you know, on the guitar solo side. And I think it turned out really fun. It was really neat. Um, so I hope I can play it live. <laughs> um, yeah, and the band crushed it. You know, everybody did a great job. Um, and I think the the song sounds really fun. It's what's one of the more one of my favorites on the album. Yeah. All right. Well, hope you like it. All right. All right. All right. That was weird. That was like a Matt McConaughey and um, Quagmire together. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so there you have it. Gas Station Burrito. One of my favorite tracks on the record. I love the, the pop punk into the ska. It's just fun. Um, hope you enjoy it when you hear it. Thank you to... Uh, supporters of my show, Tales from the Green Room. If you want to learn more about supporting the podcast, go to talesfromthegreenroom.com. If you want to come see my band, Ballyhoo, on tour, go to ballyhoorocks.com slash tour. Uh, the new record comes out just in a few weeks, September 28th on Rikos Records. 
You can pre-order it right now. You can also pre-save. Pre-save the record. You can, if you're on Spotify and Apple Music, um, it's very easy. I can tell you. You probably won't do it, but I'll tell you. Uh, FFM.2. T-O slash detonate. You can remember that. You can type that in your phone right now. Or you can go to our Instagram or our website. You can just click whatever you want to do. But it's F as in Frank. FFM.2. T-O slash detonate. FM ffm.2 slash detonate and uh, it'll take you to a little pre-save page and you can pick your service Spotify or Apple Music or both if you have both Um, and click it and you basically give uh, give the site permission to add your song or add the record to your library on release day very simple Um, and the more pre-saves that we get on both services, the more exposure, the more exposure that Spotify and Apple will give us. There's this whole algorithm thing that if enough people, if the song is getting enough streams, enough action, that they'll actually start putting it up top. They'll move it, make it priority, um, and start showing it on more Discover Weeklies and um, new music and things like that, new music playlists. Um, and uh, in this day and age, that's that's what we need. We need more attention over the streaming sites. So uh, if you would, if you wouldn't mind, please go pre-save the record. Even if you've already pre-ordered, I would I would appreciate it so much. I'd be so grateful if you would uh, if you have Spotify or Apple Music as well. Um, if you would go over there and pre-save the record and uh, spread the word, tell all your friends. Um, thank you all so much, and uh, see you soon. Um, if you would go over there and pre-save the record and uh, spread the word, tell all your friends. Um, thank you all so much, and uh, see you soon.